Father God, thank you um, for your life-giving word. Thank you for um, what it tells us um, about you and your great plans for um, to redeem a world through Christ. Uh, we thank you for the words of wisdom in the book of Proverbs too. Um, very practical things for our life. Thank you that um, it, they are really helpful and life-giving in themselves and they also point us to Jesus himself. Thank you for that. Help us to um, be softened by your spirit um, to your word to us today and uh, may we um, go away knowing more of your kindness uh, in Christ and all that and who you are. Um, for your glory we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Corinne. Wise friendships. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is your power to act. Do not say to your neighbour, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you, when you already have it with you. Do not plot harm against your neighbour who lives trustfully near you. It is a sin to despise one's neighbour, but blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. Seldom sit foot in your neighbour's house, too much of you, and they will hate you. If anyone loudly blesses their neighbour early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. Like one who takes a garment on a, takes away a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured on a wound, is the one who sings songs to a heavy heart. Whoever derides their neighbour has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue. The wicked crave evil, their neighbours get no mercy from them. Like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death is one who deceives their neighbour and says, I was only joking. Wise friends, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. Whoever would foster love covers over an offence, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Wealth attracts many friends but even the closest friends of the poor person deserts them. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. The best of friends. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, sorry, business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Well, as Steve's mentioned, we are uh, in the last week of this summer series uh, in Proverbs. Uh, and little, uh, hearing God's wisdom for life, um, last uh, uh, the Bible's wisdom from the book of Proverbs. Uh, we're using this image each week. Uh, living wisely in God's world is like carving a sculpture out of wood, and uh, wood has a, every piece of wood has a grain to it. The, the way the fibres are all lined up, 
And if you're going to carve something beautiful, you need to know you need to know where the grain lies. You need to know where the grain is and how to kind of uh, go with the grain and not fight against it. Well, according to the Bible, the, our world has a grain to it, a way that it's been put together, a way that it's been made, a way that it's been designed. Our lives have a grain to them. And living wisely means knowing what that grain is and having the courage to line our lives up with it, lining our lives up with it. Um, the way we do that, well, how do we do that? We, we hear from God. We hear from the designer. Uh, we hear from the one who put us together and who made the world. And Proverbs is his word to us. And one of the big things that Proverbs is doing is it's telling us what that grain is. It's sort of outlining the grain, um, how life is designed to be lived, how to line up our lives with that reality. Um, we've, we've looked at a bunch of different topics, but today, appropriate on the Australia Day long weekend, we're going to look at friendship, mateship. Um, friends seem to come so naturally to us as kids, don't they? Uh, there's a, a really, I think there's a really beautiful uh, sculpture coming up. Um, it's a picture of uh, two lads playing leapfrog. Um, I think it just captures something really special about friendship, right? Friendship seems to come quite naturally to, to young kids. But maybe this is more of your kind of friendship, the next one. Uh, but maybe you're, you're kind of the, the kind of friend who doesn't really look, you know, face your friends, but you sit in a row with your friends. So this is maybe this is your kind of friendship. There you go. Blokes sitting in a row, not looking at each other. <laughs> uh, uh, to me, this seems like a pretty great look at image of friendship. If you can't manage to play leapfrog anymore, you may as well get together and sing songs or write stories or something. There you go. Uh, Whatever your ideal of friendship is, um, we're going to hear from God's Word about carving out wise friendships. Friendships that line up with the grain of the universe. Friendships the way God created them to be. In all their diversity, but the way that God created them. Uh, friendships are pretty, I reckon it's a seriously underrated part of life in our culture. Um, especially in our culture. Uh, our modern societies have... Um, we kind of idealise romantic love so much uh, that we see friendship uh, often as a kind of optional extra on the side. It's okay if you can get it, um, but not really necessary, not that important. And you just have to look at the stories we tell each other or the songs that we play to, to each other to get a sense of this, I think. Uh, the vast majority seems to focus um, almost exclusively on rom romantic love as if that was the pinnacle of human experience. Um, I was thinking about there's there's one great epic story I can think that has its main theme of, of being friendship. Um, as I'm sure there's others. Uh, those of you who are more read than me will know. But the one I could think of was the Lord of the Rings. Um, uh, th really, the the, the, th the whole theme of that book, you know, one of the major themes, is friendship. The friendship between the characters who go through this great quest. Uh, what was really interesting, though, I don't know if you saw the movies when they turned the books into the movies. You know, I'm, I'm all, you know, I've got to restrain myself from being the grumpy person who says it's not like the books. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of enjoyed the, the movies. Uh, I did enjoy the movies, but it was really interesting. Um, uh, the story of Lord of the Rings is, in many ways, a story about the power and beauty of friendship. But the guys, the, the, the people who turned it into a movie, we just couldn't kind of just sit with that. And so what is really a, a really distant backstory in the books, the love story between Aragorn and Arwen, uh, it's not part of the story really at all in the books. That becomes a central thing in the movie. They do the same with the Hobbit movies. Um, 
Anyway, I won't turn grumpy old man on you, but it's just interesting though, isn't it? That's interesting. Um, we, we kind of can't imagine ourselves a, a compelling story that without romantic love being the th- key theme or a compelling story with friendship being a kind of central thing. Um, C.S. Lewis reflects on this. He's got a great chapter on friendship in a book he wrote called The Four Loves. So if you're looking for something to read on this, uh, you could go there. He, he says this. Uh, he points out this difference between ancients and people today. Uh, to the ancients, friendship seemed the happiest and most fully human of all loves, the crown of life and the school of virtue. The modern world, in comparison, ignores it. Um, so, you know, I, I can't I quite get my head around all the undercurrents that are going on there. I'm sure there's lots to talk about there. But um, as a society, it seems to me that we really feel that. We feel the effects of this. Um, Australians uh, are a kind of, you know, a typically relaxed bunch, but we're actually quite lonely. Um, if the social research tells us anything, in fact, social researchers are starting to talk about a loneliness epidemic, uh, loneliness as the next major public health crisis. Um, so I pulled up this, uh, these stats. More than one-fifth, from a significant study that was done, more than one-fifth of Australians rarely or never feel they have someone to talk to or turn to for help. And more than a quarter feel lonely for at least three days every week. Um, and it kind of cuts across demographic lines. One of the really interesting things about that research that was done was that it showed that youth are lonely. <laughs> Our most connected online demographic is also one of the most anxious and lonely in their relationships. Older people are lonely, parents are lonely, middle-aged people are lonely. Not all, of course, but you see this across the all of society. So, friends, we need wisdom from God here. We need it. Uh, we need it for our own sake, but not just for our own sake. What we're going to see is at the end is that friendship, uh, friendship isn't just something that is good for us. It is. But it's also something that points us to something far more wonderful, an, an eternal reality. The, the, that God, God made us for relationships. He made us for relationships with each other, but he also made us for a relationship with him. And we'll return to that at the end. Well, you, get, you can see in the handout there, um, I've kind of broken up the Proverbs into two big chunks, two main themes. Uh, the Proverbs talks about wise neighbours and wise friends. And you're probably thinking, what's the deal there? Why, why are we talking about neighbours? This is a, a week on friendship. Um, it's because the main word in the original language that the Bible is written, uh, written in uh, uh, actually has that one word can mean both of those things, uh, a neighbour or a friend. Sometimes it gets translated as neighbour, sometimes as friend, it's, sometimes it's kind of a, a judgement call which way it goes. And actually that in itself is really important. Um, uh, your neighbours are the people around you, basically, the people you bump into. Uh, the people you might, They might be your physical neighbours who live next to you, um, but um, everyone here is your neighbour, is in that category. Uh, and uh, the way that kind of this comes through Proverbs is that's kind of uh, uh, we, what we call friendships, what we call friendships uh, emerge out of that more general kind of set of relationships of your neighbours. Um, 
so Proverbs is it's kind of like a, a master class in personal relationships. Um, just how to get on <laughs> with people around you, how to get on in society, uh, how to relate to the people around you in wise ways. Um, if, you, if you like, we could put it like this. Proverbs has lots to say about being friendly as well as lots to say about being friends, being a friend. Um, and both are really important. It's from your neighbours that your friends kind of emerge out of. Um, and being a wise friend starts with being a wise neighbour. So let's just dive in and we'll kind of read, look through these and see what God has to say for us before we finish up. Um, you can see there a wise neighbour, or as we keep going, a wise neighbour is a kind neighbour. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbour, oh, come back tomorrow, I'll give it to you, when you have it right there. Okay, so your neighbour comes around and you've got what they want right there and you know they need it. You just put them off. It says, don't, don't plot harm against your neighbour who lives trustfully near you. And then you keep reading in chapter 14, it is a sin to despise one's neighbour, but blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. I mean, that's pretty basic, right? But we need to hear it. It needs to be said. Uh, because kindness can actually be a very unnatural thing for us. Um, it can be very easy to despise your neighbour, your, the people in your web of relationships, uh, especially if they're needy. You, do you ever have those thoughts popping into your head? Oh, they got themselves into that mess, so they should sort themselves out. It's their own fault. Why should I help? Why should you help? Because it is a sin to despise one's neighbour. Um, but blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. Um, there's a, a kind of baseline level of just other person kindness uh, about being a wise neighbour. But wise neighbours are also shrewd, and this is where the funny proverbs come in. There's a kind of shrewdness about them. Um, it, it, basically, a, a, social a level of social awareness, so a level of uh, awareness of how you kind of come across in your relationships. And that takes a kind of humility. Um, it takes a kind of humility because... Uh, you'll know that it's possible for your uh, for your neighbours to get too much of you. Uh, seldom foot, set foot in your neighbour's house, too much of you, and they'll hate you. <laughs> you know, it's kind of talking in extremes, but you get the idea, right? Uh, uh, wise neighbours will have the empathy to read a situation and act just act appropriately. Um, they'll know that loudly blessing your neighbour early in the morning. Uh, just isn't isn't kind to them. It's not. It's just not appropriate. It's not shrewd. Uh, or singing songs to a heavy heart. Imagine that image, right? Like pouring vinegar on a wound. Um, just making the sadness in that person even worse by your failure to have empathy for them. Um, um, wise neighbours know when to hold their tongue too. And this kind of relates to what we looked at a couple of weeks ago, especially when they're tempted to talk about their neighbour. Chapter 11, whoever derides their neighbour has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue. Uh, it can be so easy to deride your neighbour, right? to criticise or scoff someone behind their back. That's what it's talking about. Um, or publicly. Um, it's pretty common for people to air their grievances on Facebook or Twitter. Um, but a wise person knows that they just don't actually need to say something here. 
Just because you feel frustrated or let down doesn't mean you need, you need or have the right to vent to other people. Uh, there's always the very good option and the usually correct option of just not saying anything. Uh, the one who has understanding, the wise neighbour, holds their tongue or holds their fingers at the keyboard or their thumbs on their phone. <laughs> uh, it's a danger, isn't it? Like I think of instant communication and social media is it doesn't give us time to just cool off. Um, whereas, you know, maybe in the, um, before all of that, you know, you might write a narky letter to someone, but you've got to wait till the next day to post it. So you wake up the next morning and realise that whatever you're writing about probably isn't as big an issue as you thought. Uh, so maybe that's just one practical thing. Uh, find yourself heated and just take some time to cool off before you hit send or post. Um, how we speak matters. And we've looked at that already in Proverbs. Um, and Proverbs also talks about, he warns in, uh, against f- false speech with each other. Uh, and he urges truthful speech. Uh, another great image here, like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death. Okay, got that picture in your mind? You've got a maniac. We tried to, we thought about getting that on film, but couldn't figure out how to do it. Shooting flaming arrows of death is the one who deceives their neighbour and says, I was only joking. <laughs> Uh, someone who intentionally deceives their neighbour um, and just makes light of it. It's not a light thing. It's actually using your words to kill. Um, but the last proverb here reminds us that if we find ourselves continually critical and harsh of our neighbours, uh, it may be that we're actually more on the side of the wicked than the righteous. It's the wicked who crave evil and whose neighbours get no mercy from them. Wise neighbours are merciful. They cut people some slack. When someone offends them, they don't instantly assume the worst of that person. I remember just sort of on theme here, I remember just being given some really helpful advice at one point. You know how you get these phrases, and that's the good thing about Proverbs, you can lock these away. Um, someone just advised me, so they said this, assume incompetence, not conspiracy. Assume incompetence, <laughs> not conspiracy. You, you know what happens when you assume conspiracy. You make up all sorts of things that might be going on. But if you can just calm down and assume, like, uh, just, just try and assume the best. The, 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 the person's probably just being incompetent. <laughs> uh, uh, not, not conspiracy. You know, that's the, the value of Proverbs. But it's getting to this idea. Wise neighbours are kind, they're shrewd, they're truthful... They're merciful. If you can pursue those kind of qualities in your relationships, you will be carving out a neighbourhood, <laughs> uh, physical or relational, a neighbourhood that goes with the grain, that lines up with how God designed you to live. And it's out of that that you'll find your friends, find friends emerging. Friendship's a complex thing, right? Um, it's a complex thing because it often... Like, you often can't find it if you're looking for it. <laughs> and it often happens, um, it, it creeps up on you when you're not looking for it. Now, C.S. Lewis again talks about this. Um, he, has, he talks about how um, lovers face each other and they're in, in, immersed in each other, whereas friends stand side by side and are immersed in something else. Uh, they, they're, they're looking at something. Uh, he says this, Friendship arises out of mere companionship, which I think that kind of idea of companionship is what Proverbs talks about as being a neighbour. 
Friendship arises out of mere companionship when two or more of the companions discover they have in common some insight or interest or even taste which with the others do not share and which, till that moment, each believed to be his own unique treasure or burden. And then this is really this is helpful what he says. The typical expression of opening friendship would be something like, What, you two? I thought I was the only one. You had that moment with someone? What, you two? I thought I was the only one. Um, well, friendships in Proverbs, Proverbs uh, acknowledges this reality. It's just a reality. We, um, we click with some people more than others. We have common interests with some more than others. But Proverbs says that there's a kind of fragility to friendship, to these relationships. They can be broken in lots of different ways. And there's just one in the handout there, but this is kind of repeated a lot. Uh, gossip is a friendship killer. We, we looked at this again a couple of weeks ago when we looked at words, but it's worth repeating again because it's such a big theme through Proverbs. A, person who, a perverse person stirs up conflict, but a gossip, and a gossip separates close friends. To be a gossip, someone who stirs up conflict, someone who enjoys sharing someone else's personal information without their uh, say-so, someone who speaks about others behind their back in a way that they'd never do in front of them, um, see what this is saying, to be a gossip, it's not just a kind of personality trait that you shrug your shoulders at. According to God's holy word here, to be a, that kind of a person is to be a perverse person, someone who destroys relationships, who destroys friendships, your own and other people's. So if you see that in yourself, repent of it. Uh, don't have anything to do with it if you find yourself on the receiving end of gossip. Gossip takes two people, right? One to talk and one to listen. And both, in their own way, take part in the sin. Well, another way, uh, there's a fr fragility to friendships, and perhaps you've experienced that yourself. Another way friendships can be broken is when you, kind of, you just hold on to the past. You refuse to let go of past hurts. Whoever would foster love covers over an offence... But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. So see what's going on? What's it saying there? Um, it's talking about someone who says, you, know, you have a friendship where there's a bit of a Barney. Uh, you, make, you, you, you say sorry and you say, oh, that's okay, it's all good. Um, but really it's not all good. And you hold on to that. And you keep repeating it. You keep holding it against your friend. And that just fuels a kind of, it just corrodes the relationship, right? It fuels a kind of distrust. It's deadly, and if you would foster love, then you will cover over an offence. Um, you'll be able to let it go. Proverbs has a lot to say about that. It also has a lot to say about fair-weather friends. Um, it's another way that friendships are fragile, um, not just between conflict in the friendship itself, but something happens, um, and when the t going gets tough, these friends get going. <laughs> they say, see you later. Uh, wealth attracts many friends, but even the closest friend of the poor person deserts them. Proverbs isn't commending this, but it's just pointing it out as a reality. This happens. Um, but it, Proverbs also does picture another way, a better way, to go about our relationships, our friendships. Um, Better friendships than ones that break and are fragile and brittle through gossip or bitterness or hardship. Proverbs wants us to be wise and careful about 
who we make our friends with. Did you pick that up? There was one in there. Um, our friend, your friendship group is not just a neutral zone. Your, the, your group of friends is acting on you, is influencing you, um, for better or for worse. That's what this proverb's on about. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Now, I think we've got to be a bit careful here. Um, it's complex. This isn't calling us to be kind of exclusive and snobbish in our friendships. Um, we're saying before that Jesus is the friend of sinners, and we're going to reflect on that at the end as well. And having him as our friend gives us hearts who want to extend his friendship to everyone. All this, what this is saying, though, is it's just a call to be wise. Just be wise about who you're hanging around, who, who's, who you're hanging out with. Um, you rub off on them, but they also rub off on you. And if all of your friends are, ju- are pressuring you to give up on God, then that's going to impact you. You need people around you. You need friends who can get alongside you and encourage you in the gospel. You need friends who will draw you to God and not away from him. Um, and that's why, that's why investing in this neighbourhood, in this community, is actually just so critical, so important for your own spiritual health. Be a wise neighbour here, kind and shrewd and truthful and merciful, and by God's grace you'll find a few close friends here who will spur you on and encourage you in your faith. Um, it's so important for all of us. It's really important for kids, for you guys to find friends who love God and follow Jesus and stick with them and encourage each other to keep going. Well, there's a few, couple more thoughts. Friendships at their best aren't fair-weather friends. We saw that before. They involve sacrifice. They involve giving up of, your, of yourself. And at their best, they're even on par with family, sometimes closer than family. Um, chapter 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Um, and then in chapter 18, one who has an unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Wise friends are faithful. They're not the fair-weather friend who gives up at the first sign of trouble. Uh, it's been really encouraging just to hear stories about how that is playing out among our church family, actually. Um, people who are sacrificing for, of themselves in order to look after their friends. Um, but lastly, they're also honest, these wise friendships. They care enough about each other to say hard things. Uh, Oscar Wilde said, a true friend is someone who will stab you in the front. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's a bit gory, but <laughs> uh, you get the idea, right? Um, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. So there's something about this kind of friendship. I don't think it's even carte blanche to sort of go around stabbing everyone in the front. This is talking about those people with whom you have that kind of closer relationship. But a, a good, a, a good wise friend will care enough about their friend 
to have that hard conversation. To, to say, look, mate, I just saw the way you talked to your wife the other day and I just wanted to talk to you about that. Or whatever, whatever it is. Um, wounds from a friend can be trusted. And if you get wounded by a friend, take it as that. Um, receive it and be thankful for it. But it's not all confrontation. There is a place for that. Uh, but a friend is someone who will give heartfelt advice. That's the, the last one there. Who, who, someone who genuinely cares for you, who knows you, who's taken time to listen to you and speaks honestly and openly to you. And when that happens, that's really sweet. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Proverbs sees friendship in this way. It sees friendship as a good thing, a gift from God to be received and enjoyed and cherished when it comes. But I want to I finish with a brief reflection on how the gospel shapes all of this and transforms it and deepens it. Um, you notice that we read it. I won't read that whole passage out, but you can see it in front of you. Jesus calls his disciples... His friends. And that, that's a stunning thing to say, isn't it? A stunning thing to think about. That if you are his disciple, then you have the Lord of the universe as your friend. The ultimate friend. The one who laid down his life for you who showed that the depths of his love in that. Uh, who did that for me when I was his enemy in order to make me his friend. Um, all through our series, we've seen how, as we look through Proverbs, it's Jesus who's the hero of Proverbs. Um, he's the perfect wisdom of God. He's the word of God made flesh. He's, um, uh, he's the one who is kind to them. He, he's the ultimate husband for his bride, the church. And here all of these threads about wise friendship come together in him. He's the one who is kind to the needy, who is full of mercy, who speaks hard things into my life, but who I know is utterly committed to me, <clears throat> who will never desert me and who will always be there for me. He's, he's the friend that you long for. He's the friend that you can never actually perfectly be, but that you can point people to. He's the one who will hold you fast. And one of the dangers, when we forget this, one of the dangers of our friendships um, is that they can kind of become insular and exclusive. We take a good gift from God, but friendships can turn kind of a, a little ugly when they become that, right? They become insular and exclusive. Um, or on the other hand, they can become an idol, something that we just crave for its own sake. Uh, knowing Jesus as our friend opens up a new way for us to go about all of this, all of our friendships. We already have the best friend in him, the perfect friend. And what that means is we can approach our relationships here, we can, we can approach our relationships not in a kind of grasping and demanding way. 
Uh, not looking to kind of get from people something to fill ourselves up, but because we are already full in Christ. We are already full in Christ. So that we, instead of kind of looking to get a friend, we can look to be a friend. Uh, we don't need to be protective of our friendships. We can have our circles open. Uh, one just really practical thing to try, just try this out. You can say, the pastor told us to do it, okay? Just try it out at morning tea. Um, you, know, you have your circles. Um, you stand around having your coffee. Just try having open circles. Just see the difference that that makes. Just have a little gap and welcome people in. Um, you'd be amazed at the difference that a little practical thing like that can make for someone uh, when they know they're welcome into your circle and then you kind of expand out and make a gap for someone else. <clears throat> but that's just one possible reflection of actually this gospel dynamic going on, a gospel heart. Do you know Jesus as your friend? The one who laid down his life for you. The one who reveals himself to you in his word and who calls you to follow him. Friends, if you don't know Jesus as your friend, then he invites you to. Um, we can only have so many friends. We're kind of limited. And that's okay. That's, but Jesus is not limited. Um, Jesus is not limited. Everyone, everyone, can be his friends. Um, if you know that that's not where you're at, why don't you sign up for our Life Explored course? Come along to that. Uh, talk to a Christian person that you can trust about it. His friendship, his friendship, the friendship that you are longing for is open to you, is offered to you today. If he is your friend at the end of the day, God, God's word calls you to let his friendship shape all of your relationships shape how you how you act in, as a neighbor to everyone shape how you act as a friend to those who are your friends uh, to, so that you can be a wise neighbor and a wise friend who whose life points towards the ultimate friend whose life points towards the world's best friend and a church like that can you imagine that hey People who are secure and full in Christ, who rest in his friendship given to us, poured out in us by his spirit, achieved for us at the cross. A church of people like that who then give themselves to each other and the world. That would be that will be a beautiful neighborhood to be a part of. That will be a light in a lonely world. Let's pray. What a friend we have in you, our Lord Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. And what a privilege to carry everything to you in prayer. Oh God, we thank you for creating us for relationships. We pray that you'll teach us wisdom about how to be wise neighbours and wise friends. But Lord, we pray that you'll draw each of us deeper into the friendship that you offer us through Jesus. Thank you for the wonder of that. Uh, thank you that through him, we're not your enemies, but we are your friends. Um, 
teach us what that means. Help us to live in the security of that so that we can extend your friendship to the world around us and to each other. And we pray that for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.